Amen. All right, now, Tom, Tom, you want to stand up or just give us a wave there? I want you guys to notice that is a man of faith you're looking at, that you had the privilege of being in the same sanctuary with, because the question he asked me as I was coming in from the parking lot, he actually said this, are we going to be in the workbook tonight? <laughs> Handsome man of faith, Tom, you're the man. No, we're not going to be in there, but maybe someday, but that's why you got faith, right? You walk by faith, not by sight, but let's move on. Hey, we are in our study, World Religions, Cults, and the Occult. Once again, we're in the New Age section, and in the section within the section of New Age called the History of New Age. If I can get where I'm going to get uh, to tonight, that means the next study we're going to get into the practices of New Age, finally. And you're going to see, man, it is a bunch of occult techniques, and unfortunately, not only with the teaching, but these occult techniques also, unfortunately, are creeping into the church as the history of New Age. Now, we've already seen the history of New Age. Once again, in the prayer, if you were paying attention, hopefully Genesis 3 is really where it starts. It's the same lie uh, that Satan did in the Garden of Eden, that you'll be like God, okay? But we had to start somewhere, so we started way back here with Swedenborg and Blavatsky and Basant. That's where you get your theosophy we saw before. Goes to Steiner, Edgar Cayce, and Alice Bailey. If we get that far, we're going to talk about Bailey <clears throat> quite a bit tonight because they are still involved with the United Nations. Uh, then we move to the Catholic guy, Chardin, uh, Benjamin Cream, Spangler, Schuchman, uh, the Horse of Miracles, Shirley MacLaine, Ferguson, Prophet Knight, Oprah, Juan Kenobi. We dealt with all last week because it's such a hot topic. And that's right. Here's the new one. This is the second way, in my uh, opinion, the second way, first Oprah, the second way the church is being flooded and impacted and indoctrinated in New Age. And it's coming from this source, and it rhymes with Roma Downey. Can anybody guess who it is? Roma Downey, and of course her husband, Mark Burnett, okay, and a lot of people, and I've just, I heard it again, uh, even with her cohort, Della Reese, we'll get to that in just a second, well, they're Christians, and, and they're producing Christian movies, and, and this is great stuff, I've actually heard people say, this would be great to have here at Sunrise, and, and other churches, and why the youth could study, it. as we're going to see in a second, and it's not me just being a hard nose. this is another lie, just like Oprah Wan Kenobi, in the church, Roma Downey, part two, and we're going to get into the proof. Roma Downey, of course, is in, uh, born in 1960, still alive, northern Irish-born actress, producer now, of course. Uh, she's known best of all for her series as the angel called Monica uh, in uh, Touched by an Angel. Now, uh, in that series, her cohort, she was an employee of uh, Tess. And that Tess one, so Angel, uh, was played by another lady named Della Reese. You guys remember her? Okay, Della Reese. And uh, Della Reese, okay, her, she's an American nightclub jazz gospel and pop singer. Gospel? Well, she must be a Christian. She's saying gospel. No, that doesn't make you a Christian. And, of course, a television actress. Now, she's also an ordained minister. Well, she's got to be a Christian. Well, first of all, you just violate a biblical rule. What's a woman doing being a pastor? Okay, sorry, got a problem with that. Okay, but whatever, you know, church has gone liberal. Maybe she's what, that doesn't make you a Christian. Singing in a gospel group doesn't make you a Christian. Okay, being ordained, even though it's against biblical principles, it certainly doesn't make you a Christian. Okay, but let's continue on. Della Reese, okay, because again, these are the two cohorts for this show that Roma Downey is most famous for, okay? So Della Reese, at the age of six, she began singing in the church. Well, she's got to be a Christian then, right? No, again, that doesn't save you. I'm sure there's a lot of people that sing in churches that unfortunately aren't saved. You ever run into some? I'm sure there's a lot of people who serve on church boards that aren't even saved. You ever run into some? I'm sure there's a lot of people behind the pulpit who aren't even saved. You ever see some? Yeah, so singing in church doesn't save you, okay? Uh, and she also formed her own gospel group later in life. Well, she's got to be. Well, the gospel group's name was Meditation Singers. Interesting. All right, let's continue on in the research, all right? So obviously she was the female lead in that show, Touched by an Angel. <clears throat> and she's, of course, her and Roma Downey was, you know, accredited still to this day for the show's success and their relationship, right? Now, the character, if you're not familiar with that show, the character of Tess Del Reese, she was the angelic supervisor who sent other angels out on missions to help people redeem their lives. So who redeems our lives? Not us. Who does it? So that's wrong right out of the gates. Uh, number two, uh, does the Bible ever present angels as women? Do you want to get down to it? Absolutely not. Because really what the Bible does is we all know this in our artwork, uh, especially in baby rooms, makes for a great trim. Uh, angels are really just uh, these pudgy babies with wings. Right? And that's what they do. They make that noise. Right? No, they're not that. What are angels always, every time, 100% present in the scripture? Men. Right? It's not a sexist thing, We're just that's what the Bible presents them. So out of the gates, you don't redeem yourself with this show, so it's not a biblical show, number one. Angels are biblical, but the way it's presented is not biblical. 
Okay, you don't redeem yourself. In fact, this, I remember back even when this was popular and I was uh, uh, cutting my teeth on youth ministry back in the day, if you can believe that. And uh, <clears throat> I remember with our youth group and uh, there was a particular girl in that youth group and I brought this to- uh, topic up and, and you would have thought I said her grandma came from Mars and, and eats liver or something. I mean, his, <laughs> and she was ready to leave the youth group just because I said the Bible doesn't present uh, you know, w- uh, women as angels. It's always men. Don't tell me that show. I love that show. You can't tell me. It's like, I said this before. My experience has been with the American church, one of the biggest problems, 50% of the American church does not believe in absolute truth. Did you know that? And then when push comes to shove, even though they'll correct off the right things on the doctrinal test, when push comes to shove, this book does not determine what Christians believe. It's personal opinions. Pet peeves, peer pressure, Hollywood media, that's what they go after. And it just breaks your heart, okay? We're not sticking with the book, okay? I'm sorry, that sitcom does not determine reality, okay? The Bible does, with all due respect, okay? But anyway, that's what that show teaches. Now, Monica, back to Roma Downey, her character, she revealed herself as an angel uh, uh, to a human with these words, I am an angel sent by God to tell you that he loves you, Okay? Uh, usually when angels show up on the scene, yeah, God loves his children, right? Uh, usually it's because somebody's about to get it, you know, sometimes. Okay, or they're doing something wrong, or God's got to lead them in a different direction, all right? But anyway, but, the, but that's that new age phrase. That's the, that's the whole heartbeat of this ecumenical new agey one world religion. Can we all get along? It's just all about love. It's love. God, just send me here to tell you he love you. Even though you're involved in everything else, I'm not going to convict you. He just loves you. Sounds like some pulpits, doesn't it? Okay, but that's what that shows. Now, back to Della Reese. Okay, Della Reese. Okay, uh, in 2005, she was honored by, guess who? Oprah Wan Kenobi. So, why would she be honoring her? Well, now let's get to the heart of the matter. Della Reese, is she a Christian? No. And I'll just be blunt. Reese was ordained as a minister, and again, we saw that violates biblical principles. She was ordained as a minister through the Christian New Thought. Now, if you guys were paying attention to our earlier study, we already defined that, but for the sake of context, let's do it again. What is Christian New Thought? It says Christians got to be Christian. Mm-mm. Christian New Thought is basically the same thing as the unity belief that we saw before. Okay, unity. And uh, after serving as a, quote, senior minister and founder of her own church, uh, understanding uh, principles for better living, uh, it was also called the Up Church. Well, the Up New Higher. Well, it's because the, uh, this teaching uh, is, is, uh, pr- produces what's called a higher thought. Right? Up church, higher thought, right? Now let me let me get what what is new thought? What's a what's a so-called Christian new thought? What's that theology? Well, it ain't Christian. Okay. The New Thought movement was developed in the United States, if you recall this before, uh, by Phineas Quimby. You guys remember him? Back in our Hinduism study, we dealt with the roots of the charismatic movement. And when you go back into the roots of the charismatic movement, I'll get to that again, I'll recap it. Okay, you see that no wonder these guys believe in creative visualization and you can have power to speak into existence what you want, the word of faith teachers, because it came from Christian New Thought Hinduism, New Age, way back in. So this is where this guy came from, Phineas Quimby. The concept New Thought, also known as, again, Higher Thought, hence Up Church, okay, promotes the idea that there's an infinite intelligence, i.e. some sort of creative God force, and it is everywhere. So basically pantheism, that's not what the Bible teaches. And the spirit is the totality of real things, right? the physical is the illusion, uh, and that true human selfhood is divine. In other words, you're God. And as we saw with the charismatic movement, what do they also teach, unfortunately? That we're little gods, little messiahs. We, we quoted them, right? Same thing. Now, it makes sense when you understand where they came from, but it ain't the, the, the Bible. Okay, but this is what Della Reese is a minister of. That's not Christian. That's not Christianity, Right? Okay. Uh, also, that they believe that the divine thought is a force of good. Sickness originates in the mind, and right thinking has a healing effect. Right? Now, Quimby, if you recall, he also at the same time had an influence on a lady, and we're going to have a whole chapter on her, Lord willing, uh, Mary Baker Eddy. Who's she? She's the lady who founded Christian science. Christian science what? It's a mind science. The reason why you're sick is because you need to speak the right words. And if you use your words, you have the power of your words to create and health and wealth. And what does that sound like? Word of faith teachers, right? Once you understand the root, you see all these little splinter groups, but you just trace it back, you understand where all this baloney comes from, and it's creeping into the church. But it's Hinduism, it's New Age to the core. All right? So that's where Quimby, and just to give you a real quick thing, back with the charismatic thing, since we're on this, in case somebody didn't see the other study. But Quimby, of course, obviously Christian New Thought. This is where this guy came from, right? Not Christian, not Christianity. It's like a Hinduism, New Age, all wrapped into one. Okay? But Quimby, if you trace the trail, this line of thinking went from Quimby to a guy named Warren Felt Evans. Okay? 
And Warren Felt Evans didn't become a Christian. He just carried this line of thought. So I'm going to give you the trail, right, on up to today. Quimby went to Warren Felt Evans. From Warren Felt Evans, it went to Frank Sanford. From Frank Sanford, it went to a guy named John Alexander Dowie. Okay, if you recall, Dowie is where we have the assemblies of God. Okay, came out of that. Because he turned Christian. No, he wasn't. Okay, he was still with this same vein of thought. But you have the assemblies of God. Now, from there, from Dowie, it goes to a guy named E.W. Kenyon. And from E.W. Kenyon, he passed it on to a guy named Charles Parham. Now, why is Charles Parham important? Because Charles Parham is accredited by the charismatic movement as uh, the one who's responsible for the first outbreak of, quote, speaking in tongues. Okay? Uh, and tongues, if you look at there in the scripture, uh, it was never gibberish. It's never been presented in the scripture as gibberish. Tongues, all, first of all, is glossalia uh, in the Greek. It just means language, right? And it's always been a known language. And we know that by the context because when the gift of tongues literally language, so if, if anything, it's an unfortunate translation because of the confusion caused by the charismatic movement, with all due respect, uh, it's, uh, it's always been a known language because when the people heard them declaring in the gift of languages, what did the people say? I hear them in my own language. And it mentioned a bunch of people from different countries. It was never gibberish. Where you see this gibberish stuff uh, is in the occult. Right? Hindus, when they get into an altered state of consciousness, New Agers, you know what sometimes manifests? The gibberish version. Okay? But the biblical version has always been a known language. Now, what's ironic is even though the charismatic movement, and please don't misunderstand me, I'm not here just to pick on the charismatic movement. We're just dealing with the facts. I'm trying to trace this trail. Okay? But uh, the, that they would say that the gibberish has been the right way. But when you do the research, even when this first outbreak that's accredited as this outbreak of the charismatic movement, guess what they said it was? A known language. Not gibberish. And, and, I, and I quote, okay, the first one who gets accredited with it is a lady named Agnes Osman, O-Z-M-A-N, and she was a female student of Charles Parham and uh, uh, sent to be, uh, said to be the first one to speak in these tongues, okay? She claimed that she was speaking in a known language, okay, not gibberish, and the language that she was supposed to be speaking in, okay, was Chinese, right? So this is the reports, this is the records, right? Now, I'm sorry, I don't think it was Chinese, Oh, I'm being biased. I'm being anti-charismatic. No, no, no. Because I'm going to read to you, and this is a part of the transcript, because it's on transcript, so it's public record, of what she uttered. You tell me if this sounds like Chinese. <clears throat> Quote, Lazzle, lazzle, loggle, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I'm not making it up. It's right here. <laughs> eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Come on. Are you serious? Anyway, but so that's the irony. The whole thing is, oh, it can, it's gibberish. It's a special language. No, the Bible says it's always a known language if it's legit, number one. Number two, the founders even said when it supposedly started again in this major movement, it was a known language. But their so-called known language, I'm sorry, it's not Chinese. If you want to call it Disneyland ease, I mean, who says eeny, meeny, miny, mo? I don't know. Playground ease. I don't remember that game you used to play. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo, whatever. All right, now, it went from there, from Charles Parham, it went to a guy named William Seymour. Okay, Seymour. Now, Seymour attended Parham School. Again, I'm tracing the trail. Remember, it started with Phineas Quimby, New Age, right? And uh, he left to create uh, Parham School to what's called the Azusa Street Mission. Now, why is that familiar? Because that's their big historical moment, the Azusa Street, quote, revival, so-called revival, okay, in 1906. In fact, they just celebrated their 110th anniversary uh, this year, I believe. Anyway, <clears throat> but let's take a look at what was going on. Is this really from God? The Azusa Street Services was total bedlam. Anyone can get up and preach, and everyone did. They didn't ask if anybody was saved, nothing, whatever. They let anybody get up and preach, okay? And included, and I quote, local witches and sorcerers. And this is supposed to be a movement from God, okay? Everyone preached except Seymour, who's supposed to be heading this up, and I quote, all Seymour did was sit down with his head in a crate and shout, repent, from time to time. That's it. And that's supposed to be a major movement. One guy said the modern word of faith devotee would have been horrified by the actions of Sousa. Seymour was not trained because Par Parham wasn't trained because Dowie wasn't trained, Sanford wasn't trained, etc. blah, blah, blah. Now, it goes to from there into a lady, a lady that really, this is kind of much solidified the movement here in America, uh, a lady named Amy Simple McPherson. And basically from there, I don't have time, we'll get into this probably more later when we get to that chapter, uh, you have all the Pentecostal and Word of Faith denominations, okay? Uh, the Word of Faith itself comes from untrained men who learned what they teach from pagans, cultists, and the New Age, okay? And now today, I'm just going to hit some highlights. These are the guys who still today 
are preaching the same basic lie. It's been, it's been repackaged, but the same lies underneath. You've got the power in your words. You can create your own reality. Sickness is just all you. It's the same thing. It's all New Age and Hinduism. Uh, Frederick Price, Benny Hinn, TBN, Paul Krauts since passed away, but TBN, uh, Kenneth Copeland, Creflo Dollar, Kenneth Hagin, Morris Cirillo, John Avanzini, and a whole bunch of others. Okay, they're still promoting that today. But I want to read to you because, again, they, they just had their 110th anniversary, the uh, Azusa Street Revival thing, and they said there were three key factors about this movement. Firstly, quote, there was a multi-ethnic gathering of unity in Christ. What about the witches and sorcerers? And you didn't ask if anybody was even a follower of Christ anyway. Just everybody got up. Interesting. Secondly, the miraculous attesting ministry of the Holy Spirit was enjoyed in a unique way. Yeah, and it came out with eeny, meeny, miny, mo. And a guy sticking his head in his crate for a burn. Sorry, what are you going to call What? Okay. Uh, and finally, there was a clear, listen to this, a clear presentation of the gospel leading many to salvation. Really. So people are going to get saved when witches and sorcerers get up there and all this kind of bedlam's going on. Oh, there was also people kissing and doing all kinds of other stuff going on there. And then you got a guy who periodically was looking with his head in the crate and said, repent. That's the gospel? That's how people get saved? Is that sufficient? Okay, got a problem with that. Okay, but that's the, you know, they credit it with this uh, William Seymour guy. Uh, and then, of course, in night, they said, sadly, though, 10 years later, 1916, the original Azusa Street Revival had officially ended, and segregation once again fractured the unity of the church. And Azusa now, the 110th anniversary that just happened, is built on the great hope that this can happen again. So what kind of unity they're talking about? Well, it's not Christian unity. Once again, it's that new age concept. All religions, can't we all come and get along? In fact, here's the actual picture of it, unless you think I'm making this up. You can check this out yourself. Uh, at that event, uh, Christian evangelist Lou Engel uh, and Catholic leader Matteo Calisi kiss each other's feet in symbolic act of reconciliation. So is Catholicism the same as Christianity, biblical? No. What are you doing kissing each other's feet? But these are the people with the Azusa Now thing, right? When a Roman Catholic leader came up to Christian evangelist Lou Engel, the call, who put on this Azusa Now thing, uh, and offered to kiss his feet to show unity between Christians and Catholics, Engel agreed and later also got down on his feet to kiss the Catholic leader's shoe. Uh, the act took place during Azusa Now 15-hour prayer event hosted by the call, which was attended by over 100,000 people at uh, uh, Los Angeles uh, Memorial College. Uh, Colosseum. Uh, Engel specifically invited the Roman Catholics to this event because he wanted to bring all followers of Christ together for the purpose of unity, miracles, and healing. No, where's the word salvation in there? Where's the word truth in there? Where's the word biblical anything in there? But notice it's about experience, it's about this, and unity, and I'm sorry, unity that's not based on truth is not biblical unity, right? And I'm sorry, hey, I, I, you go witness to a, a Roman Catholic, Witness to anybody, right? But to sit here and say, let's all come together and actually kiss each other's feet and call that biblical unity, what in the world is going on? But when you understand the root, that the heart of new age is what? All religions come together, we're all one, you know, and doctrine is a bad thing, on which is, all that is is biblical truth, okay? And, uh, but anyway, so that's what these things, and it says this, we are not going to be known by our differences, but for the love we have for one another. How many of you guys heard stuff like that? I want to be known for what we are, not what we're against. Well, then don't listen to the words of Jesus. He was against a lot, and he spoke it out to the Pharisees, right? Paul certainly spoke it out. The Bible speaks it out. What do you mean? What are you, what, then what are you for, right? Right? And not everything's right. So how could you never speak? Anyway, but, but you know, it's, that, it's just that syrupy, can't we all just, oh, it's all, okay, baloney thing. All right, so anyway, so that's uh, back there. Oh, by the way, Quimby, uh, he uh, mingled his teachings with this guy. I want to trace the trail. So Quimby, oh, way over here, all the way back, was influenced by this guy, where we first started, Swedenborg, right? New Age. And again, so that's the trail uh, to modern day. Uh, some of the charismatic stuff that's going on. So anyway, so that was Della Reese. So Della Reese, you do the research, who was with Roma Downey. I'm sorry, she's not a Christian. She's involved in that stuff. Okay, it's not Christianity. You can call yourself an ordained whatever you want. It's not Christian, it's not Christianity. Okay, now back to Roma Downey, okay, who partnered with her. Uh, again, she was in Northern Ireland. She was trained in London. Now, she's the president of what's called Light Workers Media. Light Workers. Now, if you're not a New Ager or have a history in New Age like myself, uh, that could sound innocuous, but it's not. 
Because new age, that's the people who receive the truth. You're a light worker. That's a buzzword, new age, folks. Okay, you're a light worker, a dissimilar of the light. You're a chosen one that you can connect with these channeling and channeling these demons, but you don't call them demons, that'll freak people out. Channeling with these higher powers and this up thought and new thought and this thought and the space brothers or whatever you want to say it is. Okay, it's a demon. Okay, but they're going to be the ones to disseminate this higher truth to you and you become a light worker. Okay, a seed channeler. There's all kinds of different terminology they use and that you'll be able to share that light to the planet and come together in your triangles and remember all that stuff we've been through. That's the name of her company. That should be a red flag. Right. Why isn't it biblical workers or. Or something like that. Light workers, that's a new age term, media. Anyway, together with her husband, Mark Burnett, they produced, of course, the Emmy nominating series, The Bible, for History Channel. Listen to this, which was watched by over 100 million people in the United States alone. So about a third of our country was exposed to this. Good thing it was biblical. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. But that's a powerful influence. Can you imagine, as a born-again Christian, if you could grab one-third of the population and have their attention of the United States what would you say as a Christian? And we're going to see what she did with it. And it ain't Christian. And then Christians not only, oh, okay, didn't know the difference, apparently, but actually said, yeah, bring it on in. Let's bring it to the church. But we'll get to that in just a second. Anyway, uh, so uh, 100 Million also produced a feature film called The Son of God. Of course, uh, she's also being accredited as the 100 most powerful women in Hollywood. So she's right there with Oprah One Kenobi. And also produced Dove Keepers for uh, CBS and A.D., the Bible continues for NBC. Now, let's just examine. I only have time to go through the, the Bible thing, but just to give you a little bit of their track record, okay? And what you're going to see is they not only get it wrong, they get it horribly wrong. And they get it really bad wrong. <laughs> I don't know how many adjectives can I use? And uh, man, you talk, and stuff that's not even in the Bible, and you put it in the Bible, and it's supposed to be biblical, and you want this in your church, and even in your home? What are you doing putting this in your mind? I read a post today, and somebody said something like, basically, repeatedly listening or watching, in this case, uh, unbiblical things, falsehood, is slowly dripping poison into your mind. Why would you do that? Stick with the Bible. Right? If you're going to do something that's supposed to be the Bible movie, then can we leave the Bible alone? Right? Anyway, let me give you some examples. Moses. Moses. How do they portray Moses? The Bible says that Moses was a meek man full of humility, Right? Okay, but not in this movie. They replaced uh, him with a Moses that had all the bravado of John Wayne, uh, saying with confidence, I will deliver the people of God. Whoa, 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 whoa. Who, who delivered the people of God? God did, right? Okay, now that's a major switch. And then uh, Moses goes into Egypt to tell them that he is their deliverer in the movie. Then they have a five to seven minute conversation that is not in the Bible, period. And he speaks with arrogance, trying to prove to the skeptical people that he is their man of the hour. Why would you get that wrong? And why would you get that wrong? And where were the people saying, excuse me, you got that way wrong. In fact, you got it completely backwards. You're giving man the glory, not God. Why would you twist that? Well, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Samson. Samson, the problem with Samson is they spent 20 minutes detailing things that never happened in his life, including the Philistines murdering his wife because they were racist against the Jewish people. No, that never happened. They skipped the fact that Delilah betrayed him over and over again, and he took vengeance on her family. And they also said that he told her the truth about the strength the first time she asked. What Bible are you reading? Okay. Saul. Listen to this. King Saul. Right? And uh, first of all, they portray God as being unfair to Saul. Excuse me? Listen. It was uh, if the poor guy waited for Samuel seven days. Remember at the very end when he lost his kingship there? And God said, get rid of it all. Uh, hand it all over to the Lord. Right? It's wholly his, everything, the animals, everything, you name it. But what did he come back with? Right? You hear, what's that bleeding I hear in my ears? Right? Remember that passage? Oh. And you know how that passage? Here's the truth. This will make you squirm. It makes me squirm. Half obedience is still disobedience. And the silence was deadly. Let's move on. Okay. So, but anyway, so he didn't fully obey God. Right? But again, and it was his fault. He's the one that compromised. God told him what to do. Right? Didn't mince words. Listen to this. It was as if the poor guy waited for Samuel seven days and somebody needed to make the sacrifice. And now God's going to punish him. Uh, it then shows Saul crying in bed, asking for grace. And, and God, he gave him no grace. And, and all he wanted was to give God a gift and offering. The betrayal of Samson makes God look cruel and merciless. Is that the biblical God? How'd you get that wrong too? Oh, let's keep going. David. 
In the Bible, David did not fight Goliath in order to bring military victory to Israel. He fought him because Goliath, what? Insulted the name of the Lord God, right? And so he fought him for God's honor, right? Yet the movie portrayed David defending Saul's army uh, uh, for Saul's army and their honor, not God's. And throughout the movie, they kept giving God's glory to God's people. Again, that's the common thing. Why would a new ager do that? Because what's the new age? You are God. It's all about self. It's about you. It's about, right? So anyway, then the Bible says that David disrobed and danced before the Ark of the Covenant in a humble and holy, worshipful manner, right? Not in the movie. Uh, the Bible says he was a man after uh, God's own heart, but the movie portrays uh, David dancing around like a party animal in his underwear, listen, dancing with women, and lustfully making advances at Bathsheba. That doesn't happen at all in the Bible. How'd you get that wrong? Peter. Uh, toward the beginning of the film, the scenes depicted the call of Peter uh, was completely wrong. In the movie, Jesus and Peter go out in a boat alone together. Then Jesus, Jesus addresses him as Peter and then produces a miraculous catch of fish, whereupon Peter ponders whether or not to follow Jesus. However, the Bible, Jesus encounters Andrew and his brother, who's called Simon at the time. They were on the shore, not out on a boat. The brothers drop everything and immediately follow Jesus. And the miraculous catch of fish comes totally labor. So, and so does Jesus calling uh, him Peter later. The whole thing's completely messed up. Gets even worse. What about the apostles? In the scripture, how many apostles are there? Twelve, right? And they're all men. Peter, Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, Thaddeus, Simon, and Judas Iscariot. But in the film, guess how many? Thirteen. And who's the thirteenth one? Can you believe this? It's a woman. What? Okay. Interesting. And not only that, Okay, is she's almost always with them in the movie, but she's with them in a boat during the storm when Jesus walks on the water. Obviously, that's not biblical. And Mary is also very outspoken and often reproves the male apostles to have for more faith as it's apparent that her faith is stronger. Wow. Talk about a twisting of the scriptures. Pharisees, listen to this. Again, God's made to be out to be an ogre in this movie. Okay, uh, the Pharisees in the movie, the Pharisees want Jesus dead, but not out of sinful hatred or jealousy as the Bible records, uh, but out of deep concern uh, to spare the people of Israel from any harm uh, from the Roman Empire. <laughs> right? Judas, they make him out to be a good guy. In the scripture, Judas obviously willingly betrays uh, the Lord for 30 pieces of silver, a mere 30 pieces of silver, and is clearly depicted as a thief, somebody who's more concerned about money than people, right? Not in the movie. In the movie, Jesus turns to Judas and convinces Judas to betray him, and Judas adamantly refuses. No, I don't want to. But later he gives in to Jesus' demands reluctantly. It's like, Jesus made me do it. Can you believe that? And this is supposed to be biblical, and this is supposed to be a good curriculum for your church, or anybody to even watch and put this sewer in your brain? Whoa, Jesus. What do they do with Jesus? Now, the crucifixion the film deliberately shows the soldier piercing the side of Christ. That's good but then they deliberately don't show any blood or water come out. Now, why is that important? Why would the Bible record just that specific phrase? Because we now know medically that proves that somebody's dead. When you have a separation in the human body with blood and water, that's a sign uh, of, of death. And that's, it's a medical knowledge now. Well, let's skip that part. Uh, the scene depicting the ascension is wrong. The apostles did not get up after the ascension, start walking off and teaching all na nations. They first, the Bible says, went to the upper room. They elected Matthias to replace Judas. They waited for the Holy Spirit, so they got that wrong. Also in the movie, listen, this is the important thing. The reason for Jesus' death, the meaning of his resurrection, is completely missing. That's the whole point. Not only there's no talk of his death, of his atoning sacrifice to sin, it's not even mentioned at all. One person stated this, listen, why did they make such insane changes to the biblical account? Why did the filmmakers take relentless and pointless liberties with the text? They did not do a single scene completely correctly. Why? Well, I think we'll see why in a second when you see where this person that many Christians would consider a Christian, what their background is. Now, just real quick before I get to that, they just came out with another movie called Ben, ben Hur, right? Okay, so I'm sure that the short little scene that they had with Jesus in there was biblical. How many guys would say, based on the track record so far, mm, it wasn't? Mm, you're right. Let me share that with you. Uh, in the scene, there's a, a scene, they got a scene there with a man being stoned. Jesus runs in, covers up the man to protect him. He tells the people to stop throwing stones because this man is your neighbor. 
and you're supposed to love your neighbor. Now, if you would have stopped there, it wouldn't have been too bad, okay? Even though we don't know that he did that with a man, but whatever. Uh, but then they have Jesus saying this, uh, love is our true nature. Wait a second. Now, that's new age because you're God, right? Uh, but what does the Bible say? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, okay? Uh, and we are justified by God's grace as a gift. Uh, Jesus uh, covers our evil nature with his own good nature. This is the doctrine of imputation, right? How many of you guys like God's accounting? He takes all of our rottenness and replaces it with his righteousness because, yeah, okay, true love is not our, what? So you even got that wrong. Well, why? Well, maybe it's because of her background. Roman Downey is a full-blown New Ager just like Oprah Winfrey, okay, completely. Uh, Roma Downey admitted that she listens to books in, on uh, tape by Eckhart Tolle. Remember him? Who influenced the New Earth and all that stuff with Oprah Wan Kenobi. Uh, he's the same one who influenced Oprah with false Hindu, Buddhist, Taoist, Shintoist, New Age philosophy. Roma says, and this is a direct quote from her, she says, my husband, Mark Burnett, my husband says, I'm so self-realized, I'm practically levitating. Now, self-realized is a New Age term that you finally come to the point Remember their twisted meaning of the atonement? The meaning of salvation as atonement is that you need to realize that you have no sin and you realize you're God. That's New Age's version of salvation and atonement. She says, I'm self-realized. That's a trigger word, just like light worker is. That's a New Age term that you think you're God. And if you think I'm being crazy, let me continue to uh, expose her background. Uh, she says, I'm practically levitating. She also went to the University of Santa Monica to get a degree in spiritual psychology. Well, that's got to be something. Keyword, something. But it ain't Bible. It's a New Age college. This isn't like Cal Poly or USC. It's a New Age. Check it out yourself. The website's still up there. I just looked at it again. Okay? It's a school that specializes in New Age degrees. Her education is 100% New Age. And she's best buddies with Della Reese, who's into New Age. Right? Who gets honored by Oprah Winfrey, who's also into New Age. It's the same thread, all right? She admitted that she talked to her dead mother through uh, John Edwards, the psychic on TV. That's called necromancy in the Bible, by the way, and forbidden. She went on to partner with him in a book called Practical Praying, Using the Rosary to Enhance Your Life. So you got Catholicism mixed in there because she's got a Catholic background as well. And that book came with a free meditation CD featuring Roma Downey on it. One person said this, referring to her and her husband with these movies and what they're doing, and Christians getting snookered, uh, I agree. These people are liars. They have a history of twisting the word of God in ways that change the message of the gospel and the nature and the character, the holiness and righteousness and justice of God. What they do with the Bible is terrible. I even came across this recently in an interview, Roman Downey. Uh, they said, well, what kind of books? You know, they ask those kind of intriguing questions. And what kind of books do you are you reading now? What, what's by your nightstand? And here's what she said, uh, and that tells a lot. She said, well, she's got her Bible. Okay, all right, all right. But she also has her father's rosary. Okay, but she also has poetry by Rumi. Uh, R-U-M-I, that's an Islamic Sufi mystic. Remember Sufis? When we went through that study there. And those are the guys that branch of, smaller branch of Islam, and, and they, they twirl and twirl and twirl until they get into an altered state of consciousness, right? That's by her bedside. Uh, so is poetry by, a poetry by Mary Oliver. That's a New Age poet. And she also has another book on poetry by David White, who's also a New Age poet. So who do you think's winning the game on influencing her? Yeah, it's not the Bible. Now, back real quick to the University of Santa Monica, and I challenge you, please go check it out yourself. Okay, the founder of that place is a guy named John Roger. Okay, and, uh, but he changed his name. His real name is Roger Delano Hinkins. Okay, and you're going, well, why did he change his name? I'll get to that in a second. Uh, he's also founded another movement, not only this New Age College in Santa Monica, uh, but he's also founded a movement called the Spiritual of Inner Awareness Church, which utilizes a meditation technique similar to transcendental meditation to help people connect with their inner divinity. Again, that's your God. Right? So this is the guy that founded the place that she got her so-called spiritual psychology degree from. Full-blown New Age. Now, you're going about his name. He changed his name to John Roger, after visiting two trans channelers, channeling demons, who helped him to encounter a highest, higher consciousness, a demon, uh, named John within himself. And so after that, he now refers himself to John Roger. Maybe the hyphen is, means within himself. I don't know, whatever, John, because it's John-Roger, I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Now, here's a little concern, and I'm going to call this name out. 
I'm not saying everything from this person has been bad. I'm just giving you a heads up that this stuff is starting to impact the church in some high places. Okay? And who I'm going to talk about is Dr. David Jeremiah, if you're familiar. And I'm starting to see some concerns, so I'm going to share that with you. Okay? Uh, he, first of all, has been hanging out with the same group that started with the Quimby stuff, and that's TBM, all right? And uh, with those guys. And uh, that's the ones with the Word of Faith sewer pipe, with all due respect, stuff that keeps coming out of there, okay? That basically, it's the, the name it and claim it, and blab it and grab it, the sow seed. If you send me $100, God will send you a 1000 guaranteed. And that's that Hinduism New Age stuff that we talk about. So I understand why they teach that, but it ain't the Bible, okay? Now, the problem is he isn't just going on the show. Because I'd be tempted, maybe, to go on that show, uh, but as more of a, like a missionary mindset. That, okay, I'm going to go and hopefully, certainly not say that I support this place, if I can escape that, uh, uh, or, and or certainly going to say, send money to these guys, they're great, right? Uh, but more of like to equip people and hopefully steer them away from that place. At least that would be my intention. So I thought, well, maybe that's what he's doing, right? No, listen to this. Uh, recently, at a TBN praise-a-thon, uh, Dr. David Jeremiah was preaching the sowing principle, right? That word of faith, sow a seed in my ministry. And, uh, Jeremiah was urging people to send money to TBN. Why would you tell anybody to support that place? I mean, it's one thing if you want to go there as a missionary mindset, right, and steer people away, but now you're asking people to support. And he went even beyond that. He, he went into that sowing principle thing, and he said that even God believes in the sowing principle. He says, you know, quote, he sent his son to be sown into the world, and now we're reaping the harvest. So somehow that translates into your wallet. That if you... And at the crawl along the bottom, when he's saying this, at this sermon thing, uh, was a promise that a donation of any kind will result in the donor being given a bottle of Psalm 45 perfume fragrances uh, from the Bible, bottled in an attractive container. I don't know if you've seen some of those programs, but uh, the one I saw was like some lay, uh, Paula White. She's another Word of Faith teacher. I'll just go ahead and call it out. And, uh, but uh, she also, she had this one there, because when they have these praise thoughts, man, these people come up with some strange revelations. And one thing she was working on was like, uh, God, I was reading in Psalm 88 or something like this, Psalm 88, verse 5, that, you know, something about the harvest. She didn't pick anything out of context, right? And that God's given me a word to you listeners that if you'll send in right now $88.05, that he's going to, and they're going on, and the Spirit of God's telling me that 88, and 80, and you're going to get $8,850. It's like, are you kidding me? Now, if you know anything about this movement, I grew up in Kansas, okay? A lot of places where this is popular is in the poverty regions of our country. Now, there's people who are well-to-do that can get into this, unfortunately. But these people historically rip poor people off because they are hurting financially, right? And, and, and they, they could use a couple extra bucks. And so it, they're seduced. And listen to this. This is from Jan Crouch. And she said, quote, God has a special blessing for the little women who have caught the vision of giving, quote, even if only their grocery money. Now, I didn't mean I was going to hit her. But that's, oh, come on, man. Now you're ripping off little old ladies of their grocery money with a lie. So you could what? Live in the lavish lifestyle. Remember what we saw before? Just like the Hindu gurus do. That's why they love coming over here to the West, because Westerners have more money, and these guys get to drive Mercedes. The word of faith is nothing new. It's Hinduism repackaged, and they're ripping people off. Okay. Anyway, so Jeremiah, he's involved in that and asks people to support that, but here's the New Age connection. Roma Downey and Mark Burnett uh, asked him uh, to write a companion book on Acts as a sequel to their mini-series, The Bible, right? So... Uh, he did that, apparently, and invited the duo to his pulpit. Now, if I invited New Agers to the pulpit here and said good things about them, commended them, and said what they're doing for God is wonderful, what should you do? You kick me out. And I quote, all right? So, after that, he invited them uh, to his uh, 
uh, deal there, it's his pulpit there, uh, in the interview, he said that, quote, the duo create, of course, he promotes the new book and those guys, uh, but he says, quote, the duo create shows that honor the word of God and doesn't pervert it from the pulpit. Now, I've got a problem with that. Now, one other apologist said this. I didn't, he said it, but I agree. He said, uh, Jeremiah is well-versed in the Bible, and he knows when it's being twisted. Quote, the only possible explanation for Dr. David Jeremiah saying that the Bible miniseries honors God's word is that he's being deliberately dishonest. It's infecting the church. Okay? Now, you're thinking, well, okay, that's, that's we're a good trail here we got going on. And, uh, you know, but uh, that's just kind of, it's going to infect you, right? It could infect you through people's conversations. It could infect you. We saw they're into the school system. It can infect you because of Hollywood and the media. It can infect you because people are allowing this into the church. I get, but you know what? I'm a discerning Christian. I refuse to go along with this new age baloney. Well, you may not have a choice much longer. That's because they've been working for years, and now it's really cranked up from what I've noticed from back 20-some years ago when I used to be involved in this before I got saved. It's really getting cranked up, and that's because it's now going to be mandated through the UN. Okay? It's coming from the United Nations. All right, Now, let me just give you some of that proof. The loosest trust. What's loosest trust? Remember back in our study, Alice Bailey, right? Loosest trust, Lucifer Publishing Company. Guess who is publishing the material for the United Nations? These people. What? And it goes back further than that. Okay, and that shows you the New Age uh, nature and the pagan nature. Oh, by the way, the UN also has a meditating room. Okay? And uh, you can go online, check it out. Here's a picture of it. Uh, obviously, no cross or anything in that nature. So they're, they're New Age through and through. But I want to go even deeper. Loose's Trust was obviously, just a recap for those who weren't here for that study, uh, was established in 1922. Uh, as Lucifer Trust, remember New Age thinks that Lucifer is a good guy? Satan's a good guy, remember that? And uh, Christianity's given him a bad rap. But Lucifer Trust, uh, originally known as Lucifer Trust, at, by Alice Bailey, as a publishing company to why? To disseminate the books of Bailey and Blavatsky and the Theosophical Society, so the very core of this. That was the whole premise for this publishing company, which is still in existence today, which is, still, which is now publishing stuff for the United Nations, which is disseminated across the world. These guys did it, didn't they? They pulled it off. Right? They got to the very top, and now the very top is disseminating that. Who has been controlling our educational system for at least the last 20, 30 years? We talked about this before. Remember we traced the trail? United Nations. Right? When you find out what the United Nations is about, oh my. No wonder each succeeding generation could give a rip about American sovereignty, about America period, about Judeo-Christian values, and all they think is about globalism, save the planet, and all religions need to come together. I wonder where they're getting it from. Right? It's the New Age stuff that's coming from the top. All right? At one time, Lucy's trust office, and I checked this out a second time just to make sure, even today, again, on Google Maps. It's a legitimate address. Lucy's trust, these guys publishing this stuff from Alice Bailey promoting all this stuff with the UN. Uh, there, at one time, Lucy's trust office in New York was located at, I kid you not, 666 United Nations Plaza. Still there today, the address which is right next to the United Nations there in the Manhattan uh, area. Uh, it's also uh, a member, Lucis Trust, of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations under a program called World Goodwill. And it's basically promote new age across the planet, whether you like it or not. Okay? In a, uh, Alice Bailey book called Education for a New Age, she suggests that in the new age, quote, world citizenship should be the goal of the enlightened with a world federation and a world brain. Can I translate that for you? We need a one world government and we need a new world order. Okay? And that was the, the thing. Uh, Lucis Trust is sponsored by other people such as Robert McNamara, former Minister of Defense of the United States, President of the World Bank, member of the Rockefeller uh, Foundation, and Thomas Watson. That was an interesting link. Uh, we finished this with our AI study. Uh, Thomas Watson is, uh, works with IBM and former ambassador to Moscow. IBM, IBM, wait a second, they just came out with their artificial intelligence called Watson. Remember that? And uh, I, I think I told you I got open up the door even here recently. I'm still getting great information. I haven't even shared with you yet, guys. But uh, the one piece I did share with you, I believe that the person who works right now for IBM, incognito, is fishing me information from IBM, okay, and the one thing they said that it's come so far that they don't call it artificial intelligence anymore. 
in the industry, they say it's augmented intelligence. It's already, it's not artificial anymore, it's real, and now it's in the learning phase. Wow. Now, why would that be important with all this stuff? Because if you're going to control the whole planet, the whole world, even micromanage the planet, even to the point where everybody's going to have a microchip uh, in their hand or their forehead uh, and be able to monitor control, and not just their location and track them, but have the database stuff, and even be able to send out an order. If you don't do what I say, you're going to die, uh, as well as buy and sell. And if, you're going to have to have some sort of superhuman intelligence to manage the whole thing, because humans can't do it. What's being built in with this? Artificial intelligence. Very interesting. Uh, Lucis Trust also is uh, working with uh, other uh, organizations, of course, the UN. Uh, Greenpeace International. Greenpeace, what? The environmental movement's with this stuff too? Yeah, remember, because if you're going to schnooker the whole world into laying down their national sovereignty, right, then you need to have a global crisis, even if it's a fake one, a global crisis to schnooker the global governments and the global religions to all come together for a global cause, Right? So that's what's behind that too. Amnesty International and UNICEF. The United Nations has been long one of the foremost world harbingers of a new spirituality and a new world order based on ancient occult principles. Listen, seven years after the birth of the United Nations, a book was published by Alice Bailey claiming that she spilled the beans. Why was this thing formed? The United Nations. Quote, evidence of the growth of the human intellect along the needed receptive lines for the generation of the new age can be seen in the planning of various nations and in the efforts of the United Nations to formulate a world plan. From the very start of this unfoldment, occult factors have governed the development of all these plans. Why was it formed? To advance this new age agenda on the planet. Right? It's not trying to help nations. It's not about getting rid of poverty. All, that, all these good social things are supposed to be. It's about implementing this new age plan. Now, what's the Bible called the new age plan? The Antichrist kingdom. You don't want to be there in the seven-year tribulation. This, no. Mm -mm. But we're seeing it's now made it to the top, starting to disseminate in our lifetime to the cultures around the world the new age lie. Why? To prepare people for the lie that is coming on this planet. To where they think that the people who instantly disappeared at the rapture, as New Age teaches, it was the UFO Space Brothers. They're okay. And you being left behind at the seven-year tribulation, you're a chosen one. You're a light worker. And now you can be a part of the healing of the planet and the new age that is to come. We just need to make it through these time of earth cleansing of Mother Earth. That's what they're doing. Have you noticed people this high are falling for it? It's everywhere. Okay. Now, it said this, within the United Nations is the gym and the seed of a great international and meditating reflective group and a group of thinking and informed men and women whose minds, listen to this, in whose hands lies the destiny of humanity. And listen to this crazy quote. This is like the Bible coming alive. The stated aim of this group is to, quote, cooperate in the, in the world of preparation for the reappearance of the Christ. What Christ is that? The Antichrist, the false Christ. Matthew 24, what did Jesus say? Watch out that no one deceives you. He didn't say they're going to come in the name of Jesus the Christ, okay, or Jesus Christ, okay, or even Christ, or Messiah. What did he say? Many will come in my name claiming that I am the Christ. The article's there for a reason. And that's what these guys are saying. This is the whole point in doing that. So obviously, uh, now, who, who, who's the big New Agers behind this? It's been going on for decades, folks, and still going on today in high gear. I'll just call up a couple names and we've got to close. Uh, uh, Secretary Generals of the UN, uh, Dag Hammarskjöld, whatever, was a big one. Wish you had time to go into that. You can do your own research on that. A guy named Yu Thant, U, the letter U, and then Thant, T-H-A-N-T, if you want to research that out, uh, who succeeded him, and then one assistant secretary general, two big guns. Listen to this. You want to have fun? Research these guys. Uh, Robert Mueller, big guy. He clearly states, and I've quoted him before in the final countdown studies, we need to, as quickly as possible, as humanity, become, uh, uh, align ourselves under a one-world government, a one-world religion, and a one-world ruler, quote. These are the guys in the U.N., now, also, another big guy, uh, I believe a Canadian guy originally, was a guy named Maurice Strong. Strong as in, that's why I wear baggy clothes, it's obvious. Yeah, whatever. Strong. And uh, so if you want to do some research, these guys are new age through and through, but these are the big movers and shakers at the UN. And it still continues on to this day. 
uh, the what, Bonky Ki Moon or whatever is the, the latest guy. Okay, and isn't somebody else hoping to be ahead of it here soon? Yeah, so, but anyway, we'll see what happens with that. But anyway, of course, they also uh, quote this guy, uh, maybe you've heard of him, Telhard de Chardin. You heard of him? Oh, yeah, that's the Catholic New Ager guy. Remember, New Usphere guy? Okay, in this study. Okay, but listen, uh, Lucis Trust, if you can go there, I actually invite you to go there. Uh, so you can see I'm not making this stuff up. And you can see clearly that their links are linked with the United Nations and their website. So this is not some conspiracy theory. It's all out there. If you just look for it, lucistrust.org, you can go there, check it out. Uh, if you follow their link, that's called World Goodwill, and that's basically their plan to disseminate. You will also uh, come across fascinating articles. And let me read to you the actual titles of the actual articles. It's all out there. I'm not making this up. Quote, the New World Order and the work on the United Nations. Two, the world spiritual teacher, the esoteric community, and the United Nations. Three, preparing the way for the reappearance of the world spiritual teacher, the work of the United Nations, and the worldwide esoteric community, and many more. That's actual articles posted on there right now if you want to go check it out. Okay, These people are that high up with them. Now, real quick as we close, I only have time to just kind of give a little teaser. We might hit this again when we get into our next topic, uh, Roman Catholicism, because the Pope is big time in on this, Okay, because I think he wants to be the head of the global religion. But there's a buzzword that's out there, Okay, and this is part of this global new age plan. And the buzzword, you could just even search for this online, and that's just this. And you'll have fun on this one. You'll be there for days. Just type in global citizen. And there's a trend, there's a buzzword out there starting to pay attention to the media, and it's being promoted by Hollywood musicians. I'll get to that in a second, all over the place. And with these, this, these people growing up here who don't know better, who's been indoctrinated this whole life, they think that's the best thing since sliced bread. Not an American citizen, not even a Christian global citizen, right? And so now they're getting into people's mindset that we need to submit ourselves to a global entity, a global, it's gone that far. So global citizen, they're having global citizen festivals, okay? Uh, global citizen, the challenge for the 21st century, right? And of course, what they do is say, we're here to help in poverty and hunger and uh, uh, quality education. Oh, gender equality is a big issue, Right? Uh, 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 clean water, sanitation, the environment. Yeah, that's a smoke screen. They're snookering these people's good idea. Hey, is it, is it good to help people who are in poverty? Should we go dunk, uh, dump toxic waste in the water? No, nobody's for that. Not even Christians, right? So they take good things, but then they use that as a platform to seduce people into basically, you need to be a global citizen too, right? Join this movement as we save the planet. Nobody's saving this planet. Are, are you kidding me? Read the Bible. God's gonna blow this place up. Nobody's saving this thing, man. And it's not only going to get cleaned up until Jesus comes back at the end of the seven-year tribulation. Right? So, so give it up. Okay? But anyway, listen to this. I want to just hit something. And it's being promoted. It's being promoted to the younger generations. And it's being promoted by, guess who do they listen to more than this? Hollywood, music, the media. So it's being promoted to be a global citizen. People like, and I'll just real quick call it out. Uh, Pearl, and uh, There's way more than I can ever remember. Or, or even sit here and just list, rip off the names. But Pearl Jam, uh, Beyonce, Coldplay, uh, Stephen uh, uh, Colbert, that news guy, supposed to be a comedy guy, Hugh Jackman, uh, things of that nature, a whole bunch of other ones that I don't even recognize them. You guys might, Salma Hayek, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's just a whole ton of them. Uh, Bill Nye, the science guy, remember him? Uh, Katie Holmes, uh, Usher, a whole slug of world leaders, Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, I just recently saw him. Actually, I got that on my, I got the file. Uh, him promoting the global citizen. A lot of people follow him. U2, uh, Bono. Wait a second, I thought he was supposed to be a Christian. What's he doing promoting global citizen stuff? Uh, 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 Richard Branson uh, and the UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon. Ah, so they're still, yeah. And Bono. Bill and Melinda Gates. Well, that's not a shocker. You guys want population control and you're going to be at the top. Uh, the World Bank Group presidents, uh, U.S. senators, I can't name them all, uh, U.S. representatives, uh, company, big companies around the world, Unilever, Gucci, Caterpillar, Erickson Group, AOL, TED, Earth Institute, and I had to do this. This is on their list, not mine. Big Bird of Sesame Street <laughs> is brainwashing the kids, be a global citizen. Join this movement to save the planet. And the whole reason they don't even realize you're being schnookered to be a part of the New Age movement, which the Bible calls the Antichrist Kingdom, and you better get saved quick, right? So pray for Big Bird.
He's not real, Bobby. There's a person inside I gather. You can pray for that person, but anyway, whatever. Uh, but anyway, the prime ministers around the world, you, oh, and U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry. There's that tie again with that. And of course with the Pope, but I don't have time to go into that. We'll get into that uh, probably with uh, Catholicism uh, with them. Uh, and, but anyway, so real quick as I close, uh, another one if you want to have fun with, uh, Global Citizen. They're really pushing this heavy now. World Passport. World Passport. Global Citizen Passport. World Passport. World Government for World Citizens, right? And here's a World Passport that you can get if you'd like to have there. And I'm told that it is, uh, according to these guys, the World Passport now has acceptance in over 160 countries. Right? If you can be a global citizen, you can get a world passport because it's your duty to go anywhere you want in the world right? as a global citizen. Right? Listen to this. The world uh, passport is a 30-page machine-readable travel document with uh, alphanumeric code lines, scanned-in passport photo, right? so you've got a chip in, uh, and, and uh, uh, I believe a ghost security paper with embedded logo, uh, the data page laminated in seven languages, English, French, Spanish, Russian, Arabic, Chinese, and Esperanto. Uh, apply for the world passport. Uh, the world passport represents the inalienable human right of freedom to travel on planet Earth. Therefore, it's uh, uh, premised on the fundamental oneness and unity of the human community. And, quote, so don't leave home without one. You know, the crazy thing about passports, I don't know if you noticed this, um, I had a couple scares with mine. You can lose them. Oh, now what are you going to do? So can you imagine if everybody got a world passport? in this world government, with a world economy, under a world leader, and all the world's religions were one. And you just had this crazy nuisance that was kind of messing things up. People kept losing that stuff. So wouldn't it be nifty if somehow you had the technology to put that in a chip form? And, well, hey, why not put it right here in the right hand, or maybe in the forehead, Right? And then you can only buy and sell, but you could use that same chip. I've said for years, I think it's a loaded term, but not going to say thus saith the Lord. Yeah, buy and sell is part of that chip, but maybe it's, you become a non-global citizen. And you won't be able to travel, you won't be able to do nothing unless you have that mark, right? All these pieces are being put into play. Now, way back when we first started eight weeks ago, remember when I said the New Age movement, I believe, is the final teaching coming down the pike that is preparing people for the Antichrist kingdom. Are you starting to see it? Yeah. What's, in, what's concerning is how fast it's come and where it's at now and how far it's disseminating. Maybe we're not going to be fooled, but you have a whole generation of people and it gets worse with each succeeding graduating class who think that you and I are the wacko. They're now even calling us the fundamental terrorists and they, we, we're messing this whole thing up. So when we disappear, they're going to be excited. Okay, but they're going to go along with it. Doesn't that bring the Bible alive? We are living in the last days. Now, Lord willing, next time we're going to get into the practices, right? Because I keep saying occult. They get it from occult. They get it from demons. We're going to take a look at their practices, okay? Because they don't get the truth from the Bible. Shocker. Okay, they get it from demons and a whole bunch of other practices. And unfortunately, guess where some of those practices are coming in? To the church. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and Get a Life Ministries. And I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, before you go, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? You see, here's the problem. The Bible says that nobody automatically gets to go to heaven. And that's because God is holy and we are not. The Bible says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness or the wrong things that we have done have separated us from God. And the wages of our sin or unholiness uh, means that we deserve to die and receive God's judgment to go to hell and not heaven. In other words, we're disqualified for heaven. And that's because God being holy and us being not, the two cannot mix. So what are we going to do? Well, that's bad enough. The other problem is we don't even want to admit this dilemma, even though God already knows it all. And so out of love, God gave us something called the Ten Commandments to show us that we're really disqualified for heaven. We're not holy, we're not perfect like him. Uh, let's take a, a look at just a few of those uh, here today. Uh, the Bible says, the Ten Commandments says, you shall not bear false witness. That means lying. How many of you have ever told a lie before? Well, those of you who didn't raise your hand, you just did. Okay, let's be honest, folks. Let's not tell another lie. We've all lied. Well, believe it or not, 
that disqualifies you for heaven. That's how holy God is. He is the truth. He does not lie. And so that makes us a liar. Another of the Ten Commandments says you shall not steal. Okay? How many have ever taken anything without permission? Well, all of our hands should have went up at that one. Uh, we've already said we're a bunch of liars. Okay, well, we've all done that. And it doesn't have to be a bank. Uh, it could be a pencil in the third grade. Uh, that means that we're a thief. Okay? The Bible says that God is so holy, even his name is holy. And that's why one of the Ten Commandments says you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. Hey, folks, isn't it ironic how uh, now the blessed name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says there's no other name under heaven by which men might be saved, Jesus Christ, has now become a cuss word? Folks, the Bible says that's the sin of blasphemy. Okay? And folks, let's be honest. We've used God's name in vain uh, before. The Bible also says in the Ten Commandments, you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus takes the standard even higher. He says, listen, it's not just physical adultery. He says, surely I tell you, that if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. God looks at the heart. One more out of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not murder. And you might say, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? The Bible says that the sin of hatred is akin to the sin of murder. You, in other words, in your heart, wish they were dead. You pulled the trigger, if you will, in your own heart. And the Bible says God sees that and it's just as bad. He knows the mind, he knows the hearts, the thoughts, and the intents that we have. Folks, that's just five out of the Ten Commandments. How are you doing? Not very well. None of us can keep them. They're God's x-ray to show us that we're disqualified. And so when, not if, your time comes, because we're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, you're going to have to stand before God, and you're going to have to uh, say who you really are. He already knows. Hey, God, let me into heaven. Uh, I'm, I'm a liar. I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer, adulterer, and a murderer. Folks, the Bible is clear. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's the problem. Here's the good news. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him, what he did on the cross, on our behalf, that we will not perish, we will not go to hell, but he will give us the gift of eternal life. Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of all of our sins. It's something that we don't earn. We, we, we can't earn. It's a gift, the Bible calls it. And a gift cannot be earned. He was taking the death penalty in our place. That's what the cross was of the day. And that if we would just ask Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins and believe that in our heart that God raised him from the grave, showing that his death is satisfactory to God to forgive us of all of our sins, no matter what we've done, the Bible says, we shall be saved. Uh, the Apostle Paul says that if we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in our heart that God raised him from the grave, we will be saved. Let me give you a common analogy of what God's doing and what he did for us with Jesus dying on the cross on our behalf. Uh, in life, we know that people uh, can be sentenced for a crime uh, to where they're actually on death row. Uh, the courtroom scene has completely finished. The gavel has already sounded. Uh, they are going to jail and they're just awaiting their time before they go to the death penalty. Uh, as they're sitting there in the jail cell, uh, it, it's a proven fact they did what they did. Everybody knows it. They're just waiting for that time for their uh, number to come up, so to speak, and walk down that hall and be executed. Uh, there's nothing they could do to reverse their crime. No amount of good works in that jail cell can reverse what they've done. It's too late. It's over. But believe it or not, there's one way that people even today can get off a death row. And that's if the one in authority, the governor, if he were to, out of mercy and kindness, nothing that the person did, because they don't earn it and they don't deserve it, and they can't earn it, if he would grant them what's called a pardon, out of the kindness of his heart, he has the authority to grant them a pardon and absolve them completely of their crimes uh, against the state. And did you know that there's actually been people that this has happened to, that the governor, out of mercy, has granted them a pardon as a gift, and they've gone down to the jail cell and handed that person, extended it through the bars, here, I'm granting you a pardon. If you would just receive it, you can go free right now. And did you know that there's actually been people who've said, no, I don't want your pardon. And so what happened is of their own doing, even though they had a way out, 
they still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, can I tell you something? That's what God did for us with Jesus dying on the cross. He sent his son to take the death penalty in our place. He, God, has the authority to grant us through Jesus a complete pardon. And every day that you're still alive, God is extending to you spiritually this pardon. But a pardon does you no good unless you reach out and receive it by faith. Won't you do that today? Won't you call upon the name of Jesus Christ? Ask him to forgive you of all of your sins, to trust in his work on the cross, to pardon us from all of our crimes, our sins against God. God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. But there's only one way to heaven. It's Jesus. There's only one way to get off a death row. It's through the cross of Jesus Christ. Won't you do that right now? Well, this has been Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and, and Get a Life Ministries. And if there's anything that we can do for you, uh, please don't hesitate uh, to contact us. Uh, our number, our information will uh, come up here on the screen shortly. And uh, uh, if there's anything we could do for you, please don't hesitate to let us know. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us. And uh, remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.